Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nojia-Dean. Today is Friday, March 25th. Coming up, high gas prices have drivers and politicians calling for more domestic oil production, but small American oil companies can't find employees that are both able and willing to go to work in the oil fields. Everything's heavy and dirty and slimy. It's pretty tough work. It's out in all the elements and the heat and the cold and, and work, you know, 8, 10, 12 hour days. And there are just a lot of people don't want to do that anymore. And we'll hear from a U.S. Senator from Kansas on what he thinks the U.S. should do to address the conflict in Ukraine. But first, some headlines. Kansas City leaders announced a major tech investment yesterday. Facebook parent company Meta will occupy a massive data center in the Northland. KCUR's Beck Shackelford-Wanganga has more. Work is starting on a nearly 1 million square foot data center near the corner of Interstate I-35 and U.S. Highway 169 in Kansas City. The center plans to employ 1,300 workers during peak construction and 100 full-time workers. Mayor Quentin Lucas congratulated partners and residents for pushing for economic development even during a pandemic. And you all are to be commended for always working, never giving up, and frankly, because you just kept swimming. The Kansas City Council approved a significant tax incentive package to develop the site late last year. Officials say the center should be operational by 2024. A new fast-spreading coronavirus variant is now in Missouri. Shayla Farzan reports public health officials say the BA2 variant has fueled rising COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in Europe. The BA2 coronavirus subvariant is a new form of the Omicron strain. It's about 30% more transmissible than the original Omicron variant and is responsible for a surge in infections in the UK. Wastewater monitoring has detected the BA2 variant in Missouri. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page said the variant has been responsible for some COVID-19 cases in the county. Early indicators show that it's more transmissible than Omicron. However, vaccination and prior infection with Omicron do seem to be protective against this new subvariant. Page said health officials expect case numbers in St. Louis to rise in the next few weeks. Gas prices would probably drop if domestic producers could just pump more oil. Domestic oil production is down from three years ago, but KCUR's Frank Morris reports turning that around isn't as easy as some might have you believe. Oil is expensive now, but Dick Schremer, president of Bear Oil near Tiny Peck, Kansas, says there was a time early in the pandemic when he literally could not give the stuff away. Well, when you drop down below zero. The oil that they took that day from us, they charged us $38 a barrel to take our oil. Of course, nobody knew how long the losses would go on, and domestic production plunged 20 percent as small companies folded or cut staff. Companies also shut down active wells, nearly 5,000 in Kansas alone. Schremer's standing next to one of them today in a field south of Wichita. The oil thousands of feet below this ancient pump jack is now worth more than $100 a barrel, Pumping it out will take time and lots of money. You know, this well probably cost me $12,000 to get up and running. Idle wells corrode. For most, to come back into production, they'll need repairs. 
and the price of hardware and chemicals used to get oil out of the ground has shot up along with the price of crude. I, I just ordered a new truckload of pipe out of Houston, and that one truckload of two-inch tubing that we put in a lot of these wells has cost me $75,000. Last year, that would have probably cost me twenty-five dollars to $35,000. That's big money to small operators like Dick Schremer. Well, big players like ExxonMobil and BP operate wells producing hundreds or thousands of barrels a day. Hundreds of small companies work on the margins, running low-producing stripper wells in states like Kansas, Ohio, and Texas. And Mickey Thompson, past president of the Oklahoma Independent Petroleum Association, says many of those companies face a serious challenge finding employees. The main reason it doesn't happen overnight is because of the thousands of workers who were let go during the downturn, which was not that long ago. Well, they're gone, most of them. And those remaining are putting in a lot of overtime. Close to a riverbank near Oxford, Kansas, two men labor to bring a 1940s-era well back into production. Rank crew, reeking of skunk and diesel fuel, sloshes out of an old pipe, splattering the workers as they toil in the mud, slinging heavy, four-foot-long wrenches and manhandling 200-pound sections of pipe. Everything's heavy and dirty and slimy. Dick Schlemmer says workers like these guys are a vanishing breed. It's pretty tough work. It's out in all the elements and the heat and the cold and, and work, you know, 8, 10, 12-hour days. And there are just a lot of people don't want to do that anymore. And it makes for lots of delays. Robert Wagner, who runs Dan D. Drilling in Lamont, Oklahoma, has 20 semi-trucks outfitted with all the equipment it takes to drill new oil wells. Of those 20 rigs, he's able to staff just two, two, and then only partially. We can't find enough qualified people to run the rig, and so we're not able to meet the demand. It's not just us here in Lamont, Oklahoma. It's everybody in Odessa and everybody in Louisiana. All of them are having the same problem. So oil companies wanting to drill new wells have to wait. And while regulation isn't much of a hurdle in this part of the country, financing can be. And Mickey Thompson says there's one other thing checking a rush to ramp up production, common sense. Because there's no guarantee that the price of oil is going to be anywhere near where it is today next month. So they spend all this money and then the price drops, could drop dramatically. Domestic production is still down about 10% from its all-time peak in 2019, but it's on the upswing. This well, chugging away just beyond a leafy front yard in Belle Plaine, Kansas, came back online this year, producing a paltry barrel and a quarter of oil a day, enough to make about 25 gallons of gasoline. The U.S. Department of Energy forecasts that domestic oil producers will reach 2019 production levels sometime in the summer of next year. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Frank Morris. Roger Marshall of Kansas was one of 31 Republican U.S. senators who voted against sending more than $13 billion in aid to Ukraine earlier this month. But he's now saying the U.S. needs to do more to help the country in its conflict with Russia. Marshall and the other U.S. senator from Kansas, Jerry Moran, visited Ukraine. Marshall told KCUR's Steve Kraske about the trip on Up to Date yesterday. Here's an edited version of their conversation. Where did you go on this trip, Senator? 
So uh, we went several locations in Germany and several locations in Poland. I think we were about five miles from the Ukrainian-Poland uh, border, two miles maybe it was. Uh, and that's where there, I would call it a welcoming center was. Uh, yeah, I've done healthcare mission work all across the world, and that's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, again, in Germany, mostly visiting American troops. Did you have a chance to speak with refugees leaving Ukraine? We sure did. We spent several hours there at the refugee center, the welcome center, if you would. And, and again, just to paint the picture for your listeners, typically um, a, a, a woman, maybe she's in her 20s or 30s. She has two children. Maybe they've got the family dog with them, a family cat. Maybe she's got her elderly parents with her. And just to sit there and listen to the cry in their voice, just hours upon hours of air raid sirens, of bombing. And they pointed out that the Russians were targeting schools and bomb shelters and hospitals. Uh, they hadn't had water to drink for, for days. They were melting snow to drink. The dead were laying in the streets for days and no way to bury them. Um, it was, it's a gruesome situation. But these people still had hope. You came back with a very clear view of what needs to happen in Ukraine. You said this, Senator, I'm quoting here, I think the Ukrainians can win this war. I do see a path to victory, but the world has to step up, get them the damn weapons. What brought you to that conclusion? Yeah, Steve, it is exactly that simple. They're holding their own on the ground, and now you're starting to see it. You're seeing them be able to win and push back a little bit, but they're losing the air war. So Russia is sitting there launching missiles from, their, from, from Russia, from the ocean. So what they're missing is the piece of the puzzle to shoot down those missiles. And I really do believe that, that really America, the rest of the world is only doing 10% of what we could be doing. To my knowledge, minimal, if any weapons or aid from the United States has hit uh, inside of Ukraine yet. So if, if they're doing this on their own, we get them a little boost. I do see a path for victory for them. When you say a little boost, Senator, what are you talking about exactly? Yeah, yeah I shouldn't say a little boost, a big boost. You know, they're running out of weapons. Uh, they need anti-aircraft uh, weapons to shoot down helicopters, to shoot down jets. They need the missile interceptors. Um, and, and they're just going to need food and water, uh, the basic necessities, fuel, the things that take so to run a war when you're not able to produce anything on your own right now. Really, really, though, we need Europe to step up. We need NATO to step up. America has sent 102,000 troops that are on the front line. We need NATO troops to step in front of us. We don't want this to be a Russia versus American war. Hmm. And when NATO troops need to step in front of us, what does that look like to you? Very simply, we need a force, I would say, of 100,000 NATO troops that would step up on the line on the Ukraine-Poland border, as well as up in the Baltic states, Romania, anything that would border Ukraine or Russia. We need NATO troops ahead of American troops. Do you want to see those troops actually step into Ukrainian territory? Absolutely not. No, no way. Okay. Uh, we do not want that. I will do everything I can to prevent any American bloodshed. When you suggest here that there's a path to victory, Senator, does that mean actually defeating the Russians in Ukraine or simply holding out and withstanding uh, the bombardment that they're leveling right now? Yeah, I think we can push Russian soldiers out of Ukraine. And if the world will sanction Russia, we will starve them out. 
their economy is in free fall right now. We're only doing a fraction of what we could do to their economy right now. Most of our of our sanctions against the Russian banks on energy don't go in effect until June 24th. I'm asking the entire world to put a hold, to, to sanction Russia, to not buy anything from Russia, to not do any business with them. It takes a lot of money to fund a war and Putin's economy is in a free fall. When the Russian people sense that something's actually wrong, uh, then they're going to stand up as well. Senator, are there sanctions that this country and that NATO countries haven't leveled yet that you'd like to see them impose? Oh, my gosh, yes. But mostly we need to implement the ones they're talking about. The European Union is only doing a shadow of what they could do. And the hurt's going to be on them. I understand that. They're going to hurt. We're going to hurt. There's going to be businesses in Kansas. You have Missouri listeners, Nebraska listeners, Iowa listeners. There's going to be hurt for Americans, but nothing like the sting that Vladimir Putin would feel. Now, the Senate recently voted for a $13.6 billion aid package for Ukraine. I can't help but note that you, you voted against it. Can you explain what, that, what your thinking was there? Here we are a month since the war started, and Ukrainians still do not have American weapons. No one has fought harder than I did months before this to get the weapons to Ukraine before this broke out. February 24th occurs. The bombing starts. I'm leading the charge up here to get funding to them, to get the weapons to them the next day. It is not until two weeks later that leadership finally has this big $1.5 trillion package, which I could never support. There's too much waste in it. Less than 1% of that package was about Ukrainian aid. We could have easily, on February 25th, did a standalone package, but instead leadership Uh, In the Senate, the House and the White House said, no, we're going to delay this. And then another, almost another week passes uh, before the president signs it. We need to be more efficient. We have to act sooner. We have to act quicker. We gave up our strategic advantages. We can't keep being reactive. And lastly, the reason I voted against that big $1.5 trillion package is it borrows so much money from our grandchildren. In the near future, we're going to be paying a trillion dollars a year on interest and, and that's so important to our future. I sense by what you said to us this morning, Senator, that you believe that President Biden is being too tentative when it comes to his handling of this crisis. Do I have that right? Steve, I, I think so. What we're dealing with in Russia is a, a criminal, a psychotic, uh, an unhinged bully. And, you know, going back to my days in grade school, my dad said the only way to, to work with a bully is to hit him in the nose. Uh He's only going to respond to actions and not words. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to U.S. Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas on Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nogia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news coverage from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. On Monday, we'll have our weekly roundup of political news in Kansas and Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.